my theory is that there's two types of quarterbacks. It's pretty simple. There's guys who can win it and guys who can't. I said, well, my name's Chad Steele. I said, I actually work for the Ravens. And he goes, you're not Tony Gonzalez. I thought you were Tony Gonzalez. I said, no. I said, no, sir, I get that a lot. But my wife said I'm a lot better looking than he is. And he goes, yeah, stick with her. And turns around and walks <laughs> off. Welcome back into the lounge. I am Ryan Mink. And I'm Garrett Downing, and uh, do you have a great Super Bowl weekend? You enjoy it? No. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Actually, I had, to, I had to think back. I was like, yeah, the company was good. The buffalo chicken wraps were good. <laughs> Food was good. No. No, I hated it. You didn't like seeing Brady and the Patriots hoist their fifth? Not one little itty bit. It was a good game, though. That had to it go was down. a good game. That had to go down. I was sitting there watching it. I'm like, this is one of the craziest football games I think I've ever seen, and it's definitely got to be one of the biggest heartbreak games of any sport that I can have ever imagine. Oh, yeah. That I mean, that's brutal. like that's like uh, Buckner through the legs kind of a situation, like just absolutely that, But that heartbreak. was like one play. That was like I know. summed up in five seconds. This was like a, a slow a death. Slow, yeah. Oh, God. Brutal. But you probably enjoyed it because you were rooting for the Patriots, weren't you? You sick human being. Admit it. I wouldn't say that. We'll get to that. We, we have other stuff yeah. to do first. We'll get, yeah. we'll get into that. Yeah. But we, the bulk of this podcast, what we want to do, we want to do things a little bit different for everybody today. You know, usually this time of year, everyone's talking free agency, who's going to be back, who the Ravens are going to try to sign, the draft, all that stuff. We've got plenty of time to talk about that stuff. Yeah. We don't need to do that every single time on the podcast. So what we're going to do today is a little bit different. We're going to do a little Raven, Ravenized podcast related to Super Bowl 51. It's a medley. I would like to say. Okay. We have three different interviews with people t- with ties to the Ravens who were at Super Bowl 51. They were there in Houston. They're going to share their perspective on what went down in that wild game. So the three people we have on. First one, you guys probably all know him. You've seen him on TV a million times. This is Vice President of Public Relations, Chad Steele. He's the vice pres- our Vice President of Public Relations for right. the Ravens. But he was working at the NFL on the working. sidelines, helping them out just for the game. So that's why. Right. And he kind of blew up last year with Peyton Manning, now this year. So we'll get to Chad. Exactly. The other guest that we have is our team photographer, Sean Hubbard. He was there on the sidelines shooting pictures uh, of Super Bowl 51. He's done this in, in past Super Bowls because he's one of the best photographers out there. Uh, and then lastly, but not least. Lee, is a former intern of ours here who now works for the Atlanta Falcons in a job very similar to ours, Kelsey Conway. So she's going to kind of share the heartbreaking side of this story, where the other two guys, they got to see it up close, the the triumph. Yes. Uh, So really interesting podcast coming to you. And like we said, let's start it out with Chad. I think he's a good one. Chad Steele, as you all know, he was the man behind Peyton, the hashtag that blew up on Twitter last year because he was right behind Peyton Manning <laughs> as he did all of his post-game interviews after the Super Bowl. Uh, now this year, he, right back again, I'm watching the Super Bowl. Patriots win, Tom Brady comes out on the field. There's my boy Chad, yep. right there in the frame again. So, Chad, thanks for coming on the podcast. So my first question to you is, are you assigned to Brady? Are you assigned to the Patriots? What's your assignment so during the game, I was assigned to Aaron Andrews, uh, the sideline okay. reporter for the Falcons. Okay. So I was over on their side and helping her out with injury information and you know anything they need. 
and then I'm assigned to Tom Brady afterwards because each player, particularly the quarterback, has specific things they have to do. They have to do the league partners. They have to do so. Win or lose, I was with Brady. And what I guess is what not as popular, the couple years before the, um, the Super Bowl in New York with the Seahawks and the Broncos, I had Russell Wilson. <clears throat> and I guess there wasn't as much fanfare around him. But right. so, uh, and so we get our game day assignments on Wednesday before the game. So I've just happened to have quarterbacks each time. So I'm thinking about marketing it because, you know, the guys <laughs> in the Super Bowl, it's like, hey, if I get chosen for your guy, you know, you win. You win. So, so we're, we're, we're assigned uh, on Wednesday before the game who we have. I got you. And just break down the scene for us. Uh, you know, what's it like in the final minutes? Are you, are you thinking, uh, all right, the Patriots about to win? Or Yeah, just break it down for us. It was chaos. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the Atlanta sideline the whole time, and they're dominating. So right. I'm like, okay, boy, he's going to be really pissed. How am I going to get Tom into the media room and not pull a Cam Newton from last year? Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, so, you know, with a minute or two to go, <clears throat> excuse me, ran over to the Patriots sideline. And uh, I flipped my credential over because it says Chad Steele Baltimore Ravens on there. (laughs) And uh, I went up to one of the security guys and I said, hey, you know, my name's Chad. I'm with NFL PR. I'm helping out Tom after the game. Are you the guys with him? And he said, no, it's on the other 30. You know, Ryan and Garrett, you go talk to them. So I would go over to that side and I said, hey, I'm Chad with NFL PR. Are you guys with him? They said, yes, it's the four of us. And I said, okay, I'm helping out. I'm doing PR, so I need to be with him. I just want to make sure I can get in there. They're like, okay, perfect. So they're driving at this point to tie the game. And uh, so they go, and they tie it up. We're going into overtime, and it's like, oh, man. Like, if they score, it's going to be chaos. Right. So I'm just standing there. I'm standing next to the security guys, making sure they, you know, we're right there. And then they're driving, 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 driving. And then I see they're on the seven-yard line or whatever. And I'm like, man, I got to get in position because there are 20, 20, it's 20 people deep at the sideline. So I had to uh-huh. run on the side to make sure I was in the, that first rung on, on the sideline. And as soon as they score and I see the confetti go up, I run out to him. And he's yelling at everybody, get off the field, get off yeah. the field. Because one of the officials says, hey, we have to review it. Get off the field, move, move, move. But He's yelling specifically at you. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably. He, he, he's like, I know you were the, the Ravens. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so he's like, get off the field. And I'm like, Tom, this is a wrap. And he's like, no, 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 they're reviewing it. I said, look, there's confetti all over the field. There are 5,000 people on the field. They're not going to be able to clear it. Even if it's not a touchdown, <laughs> it's a touchdown. <laughs> and so he was like, he, he was insistent. He's like, everybody get away. Get off the field. And, uh, and then I finally hear in my, on the radio in my ear, they say, hey, it's confirmed. It's a touchdown. And I'm like, hey, it's a touchdown. It's confirmed. It's over. And he goes, no, no, I've got to hear it. And I said, it's over. <laughs> and so I think an official yelled and said, it's confirmed. And that's when he dropped down to his knees and some, some of the teammates started coming over. And then it's just, it's just a crush. And we're trying to keep people away and his security people. We're trying to keep a little bit of a perimeter, but it's just you're getting stepped on, elbowed, pushed. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is a mess. It's straight like Lion King, you know, when the wildebeest come down, the ravine, and then they have to... Yeah, it's a mosh pit. Why, why are you looking at me like, I, have I'm you tra- ever seen Lion King? Yeah, but I just, I don't associate, I guess, Lion King with 
the it's end a of a Super Bowl <laughs> situation. The stamp, I could see that. I yeah. could see yeah. a stamp. Thank, yeah. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> so how many people did you have either text you or write to you on Twitter and say you're a traitor for now joining the Patriots? Oh, it's, you know, <laughs> I, I, it was it was worse last year. This year, it's, I think people... But you understand People it. understand, okay, hey, yeah. it's, you, you know, you're kind of helping out. But it's still, when I got my assignment, I was like, God, what's he trying to do to me? Like, <laughs> it's, it, it's, 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 it's uncomfortable. Um, side story to this, I'm, I'm at the Marriott Marquis, our hotel, and Robert Kraft on Tuesday is getting a tour of the Marriott Marquis because they had a uh, they had a um, a party there, and uh, I'm, he walks over to me and he sticks his hand out and he goes, "Hey, Tony," and I said, uh, <laughs> "I said, no, sir, my name's not Tony." And he goes, uh, "He said, you're not. Who are you?" And I said, uh, "I said, well, my name's Chad Steele. I said I actually work for the Ravens." And he had this smile on his face and he goes, "Oh." And uh, and I said, yeah. I said, but I, he goes, you're not Tony Gonzalez. I thought you're Tony Gonzalez. I said, no. I said, no, sir. I get that a lot. But my wife said I'm a lot better looking than he is. And he goes, yeah, stick with her. And turns around and walks <laughs> off. And the tone of the conversation completely changed when I mentioned Baltimore Ravens. So I'm like, I'm so nervous. I'm like, God, what are they doing to me? They don't want to see me over on that sideline. But he was. Yeah, Tom was gracious. He was. He he was good. Tom was really good. Yeah, he, he didn't want to do anything, which I understand. He's like, I just want to be with my teammates. I just want to be with my family. And we're like, look, you have to do Fox. Like, they broadcast mm-hmm. it. You have to do right. that. You have to do Westwood One. He has a, he has a relationship with Jim Gray, um, so he's willing to do that. But trying to get him to the stage was a mess. Then he's like, i got to see my family. I'm not going up till I see my family. So we're like, where's your family? He's like, I don't know, in some suite. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> so we were getting... Zell was busy, like, yeah, Snapchatting myself. Yeah. Oh, there. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so we finally get him, get a, get this family down there. He goes up and does a trophy presentation. I'm like, okay, we have to do the MVP podium. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to be with my family. And I'm like, look, we'll bring your whole family in there, but we've got to go. And so he was, and he ended up doing it, but he just, and even the stuff he didn't want to do, he said no to. Right. Very polite about it, and he thanked us afterwards. He's like, thank you guys. You guys were great. Thanks so much. So, um, he Are was, you literally <laughs> leading him? You know, say, hey, this is what's up next. Yeah. This is what you have to do. This yeah. is the expectation. Yes. And you have to present that to him. Yes. And he's and- saying no. <laughs> well, he says he wants to spend more time with his family, so you should say, you know what, Tom? You could spend a lot more time with your family if you retire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you know, that to him. I did, and he just said, "Yeah, no, I'm good. I think I'll keep on playing. I think I'll keep on playing." Plant that seed in yeah. there. I like exactly, that idea. exactly. So I want to know also. Everybody's trying to figure this out. I think you know this has been the, the debate about man behind Peyton and all this stuff. Mm. Would you? Are you willing to admit right now on our podcast <laughs> that you purposefully get in the shot? No. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Come on. Okay. This is a safe place, Chad. Yes. This yes, and no. Place. Oh, this is this is the thing. Last year with Peyton, as soon as the game was over, I think the first thing we did was NBC. Who's broadcasting the game? Uh, uh, I think it would be CBS, right? Uh, CBS. Okay, so CBS so he does. He 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 starts that interview, and somebody grabs me, uh-huh. and I turn around, and I'm talking to them for like 20 seconds. And Peyton had already finished the interview, and I turned back around to get to Peyton, and he's walking, and there are like 50 people in between us, uh-huh. and he's just walking aimlessly. So I'm like trying to fight through to get because he's just he's like he doesn't know where to go. Right, so right. if if you're not right in their hip pocket, you you can't get your job done. Right. So am I purposefully right next to them? <laughs> yes. Am I purposely trying to get in the shot? No. But I'm I'm a six foot seven mixed guy, right next to guy. Like I, I stand out a little, but I'm not. However t- tall you are, five nine, six two. Oh, whoa, whoa, yeah. hey, well, hey, how tall? Are you? What are you? Five, um, five look, six? I'm five eleven. As we debated on the last podcast, five eleven and a half. 
a solid svelte fit 170. So you're 5'11 and 6'2 with the with the half row that you've got going. <laughs> so you might not be as conspicuous, but I I seem to be seen a little yes, more. Yes, yes, you definitely do. But see I that. want to make sure everybody saw the purple tie. I did the notice the I, I was representing the Ravens. Nice. I was representing the Ravens. Nice. Very nice. Cool. Well, Chad Steele, thank you very much. Thanks for sharing some stories with us. Appreciate it. We appreciate Thanks, having you Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Now, the other interesting part of this, so we're going to now bring on Sean Hubbard. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about Sean is that he also was assigned to Tom Brady, and he also saw Chad up close and personal <laughs> on the sidelines on the field. And before we roll this interview with Sean, I just want to give you guys a heads up. The audio quality on this is less than stellar. It doesn't sound so good. We're working through some new technology on this. This interview was done over the phone, and so was our next one that we'll get to. But these interviews, they're a little quieter, so what you have to do as we roll this, you'll have to turn up the audio uh, while you're listening to this a little bit. And we promise that in future episodes, we will clean up the audio and figure out the technology. It can be tricky, but we'll figure that out and have uh, better audio quality for phone interviews in the future. So again, here's our interview with Sean Hubbard. So yeah, so you were on the sideline, Sean. So tell us, you know, first of all, just what was it like? What was the atmosphere like there? It, you know, it was pretty electric. It, it seemed like there was just as many Patriots fans as Falcons fans. So um, energy was high when each team was respectively doing well. Um, but just like any other Super Bowl, it, it seemed like it's always kind of like a, an extra electricity in the air. And what was your assignment specifically? So, yeah, working with the uh, NFL photo team, we have a, a number of guys. Uh, during the game, uh, most of us have a spot that we stay in the whole time, so it's a little bit different than how I shoot with the Ravens and kind of roam around and, and follow the action. Um, I was in one of the corners of the Falcons end zone uh, the entire game, and then afterwards my assignment was to photograph the winning quarterback. So, obviously, the winning quarterback is Tom Brady, and it's kind of funny. We talked to Chad Steele. Uh, earlier today, and his assignment, and I'm sure you're well aware of this, was that post game his assignment was to be with Tom Brady and follow him wherever he went. So here's a question: How many of your pictures of Tom Brady was Chad inconspicuously about six inches from Brady's face, right there for the cameras? If I had to uh, estimate the exact number, I would probably just say most of them. <laughs> uh, last year, I was certainly surprised to see him. Uh, also known as the guy behind Peyton uh, right. for that Super Bowl. So, with I, can you kind of describe how crazy that atmosphere is like post game? I mean, you look at the field and just watching it on TV, particularly around a guy like Peyton Manning or a guy like Tom Brady. There's like 500 people that are all trying to crowd around to get the perfect picture to get that moment. How insane is that? As you're trying to just find any kind of way to get a good picture in that environment. Yeah, you know, it's exactly what it looks like. It's chaotic. Um, you know, you have all all these guys trying to get the same position in the same photo. So, um, you know, knowing that that was going to be my assignment, I tried to get out to Tom Brady as quickly as possible. And seeing that they had just scored in that end zone, I didn't have far to go, so that was great. But once you get there, you know, it's really unpredictable where, you know, he's going to go. You know, so sometimes it's a story you're right there. Other times he could turn his back. Uh, and then you don't have a picture necessarily. So you have the security guards and Chad, who are you know <laughs> immediately around them, trying to keep people away from them. And then you have everyone behind you, the dozens of photographers pushing in, trying to do you know whatever they can to get in there and get their shot. 
So, you know, you try to just uh, hold your ground is the most important part. And then if you're, if you're lucky, you know, make some pictures. Sometimes you're able to actually look through the camera and be right there and, and think about things like composition and, and, and all that stuff. And other times you're holding your camera up overhead and just kind of praying that you, you know, you get something because you're, you're working around someone in front of you. So it's, it's challenging and you just kind of stay in there and, and turn to the best. Sean, is that why you lift weights? I mean, you're almost as muscular as I am. Yeah. Uh, do, you, <laughs> do you lift weights so that you can like fight off other photographers? And have you ever had to like take somebody out to get the shot? No, no, I haven't. I haven't had to take anybody out, and, and and really, you know, I would never sort of impose my will on someone to get a shot. <laughs> you know, you, you once you're there, you know, you you can hold your ground, and I, I think maybe. Uh, keeping up with my fitness has certainly helped in that regard. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, that's, that's the thing. It's like there's so much, you know, everyone's trying, but there's a lot of mutual respect there. And, you know, if you're lucky enough to get in the position, then you're great and you have your shot. But if you're not, you know, in the, in the spot that you want, you, you would never, you know, get, get somebody out of the way to take over. You just kind of, cause, you know, somebody could turn around and in the next minute you have the shot. So you just kind of, you just kind of roll with it. So it's kind of like a untold code of respect there amongst photographers. There's not like a survival of the fittest method that just like, hey, I'm going to get a picture no matter what. There's got to be some guys that are kind of like that. Like, I don't care if you're in position. I'm just going to try to box you out of the way at the last second. No, yeah, no, there, there may be. But I think I think that the top guys in the industry, which is, you know, usually who's at the Super Bowl, I think they all get it. Um, and I, there, there may be some instances. I know I've had a, a little bit of experience with some, some dirty play, but um, you know, oh, it's do not tell. something that I would really do. Do tell, Sean. What's your craziest story from from a, a post game scrum like that? Uh, well, it's actually the Super Bowl that the Ravens made to, and obviously the the post game photo that everyone everyone wanted from that game was the Harbaugh brothers um, shaking hands or whatever they thought they were going to do at the time. So um, I I made my way out there, uh, and so did you know dozens of other photographers and. As they were coming together, I was lining up my shot, and he decided, for whatever reason, uh, <laughs> that he was going to grab my right arm, which is the arm I hold my camera with, and just kind of pull it out of the way. I, I couldn't quite get my camera up to my face, but uh, luckily I just decided to keep taking pictures no matter what, and uh, I was able to come up um, with one frame that was that was usable, but uh, it certainly made it challenging. Nice. All right, Sean. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate the insight. And uh, tell people, you know, since Ravens fans, they see your pictures, your your fantastic pictures uh, on the Ravens, you know, mobile channels and website and all the time. But where can they find your Super Bowl shots if they want to see some of them? Sure. So my my main website is seanhubbardphoto.com, mm -hmm. and there you can see a collection of my Ravens work and some of the Super Bowls that I've shot for the NFL. And then my social channels, really Instagram is the one that I use the most. And my uh, Instagram handle is Sean underscore Hubbard. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, Ravens fans don't get too upset by seeing some pictures of Tom Brady on there. But Yeah, uh, I'm definitely not going to look. <laughs> luckily, I have the opportunity, um, you know, to take those kinds of pictures and, um, and show them. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sean. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. All right. Well, good stuff from Sean. Now to take a look at the other side, the other side of this coin, uh, the heartbreaking loss from the Falcons, just absolutely brutal. <laughs> Whenever there's a great winner, there's always somebody yep. on the other side of this thing, and uh, unfortunately for Falcons fans, they are 
probably trying to just come to grips with the last, you know, 72 hours. That's it's right. been rough. We each have a Super Bowl ring. Thank God. I, I almost wore it to polish it off after mm-hmm. the Falcons lost and be like, I'm so grateful for this. I'm yeah, so it, it honestly really it reminds you of how difficult it is oh, yeah. to win one, how everything needs to go right, how just one play can change things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Falcons fans are dealing with that right now. Yeah. Well, so one person that doesn't have a Super Bowl ring is a former intern of ours who now works for the Falcons. She came pretty darn close to getting one. This is Kelsey Conway. Kelsey used to be an intern here in our digital media department, and we are sad to see her go. Very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. And now she's basically uh, doing our job for the Falcons and doing a lot better than we do it here. Well, we like to set, we set the bar low. No, no, no. <laughs> but Kelsey, thank you for joining us. We want to get from your perspective what it was like on the other side. So run us through kind of how it all went down for you on Super Bowl Sunday. So, Super Bowl Sunday, I vividly remember talking to one of our radio analysts at halftime who was like, so what do we have to do to, you know, keep this lead? And he was like, nothing. We have to keep doing exactly what we're doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, and I was a former NFL player, and in the third quarter, everything was going as planned, and I had just about finished up my game recap story. And a Super Bowl with about seven minutes to go, they walked the media down, and so I had to leave a couple minutes before them in the fourth quarter to get down to a field to do instant reaction post-game interviews. So it took me a little bit to get down to the field, and when I got down to the field, I looked up at the scoreboard, and the game was within eight points. And I watched the game fall apart on the sideline, and pretty much was devastated, so that's about how that went down. So when you left the press box, what was the score? Um, was it 28 to I 3 at that point? I, I believe it was 28 to 9. 28 to 9 when you left? Yeah. Okay, alright, so they had just um, missed the extra point. I missed, I missed the whole sequence of the Matt Ryan um, back fumble. Um, I missed all that, and when I... Um, finally got down to the field, I was able to see the Patriots go for two and get it, and that was all she wrote. I have to come clean here, because I think that I will take some responsibility for jinxing <laughs> this whole situation, because I did send you the... You should take all of the responsibility. <laughs> I did send the preemptive text, I think somewhere in the third quarter, around half time. Re- let me just read <laughs> Oh yeah, pull it up. Pull it up. Okay. jump the gun and be the first. Yeah, well, you know, just like, you know, sometimes with news, <laughs> you can't always be first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who cares about that? It doesn't matter if you get it wrong, as long as you get your, you know, your retweets up. Yeah, right. That's, that's the world we live in. 
So, so why we also want to talk about this is because you know we remember vividly still to this day what it felt like in the 2011 AFC Championship up in New England, and uh, the Lee Evans drop, the Billy Cundiff miss, and uh, that I was in a state of depression for months. I remember <laughs> literally two weeks later standing in the shower and just being like, I can't move and I never want to leave this shower. And it's just all, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I could not stop thinking about it. So there you go, Kelsey. You're in the first stage of grieving right now. Uh, you have more well, to look I, forward to. I, I would say that, although that does seem very horrible, <laughs> I mean, losing a 25-point lead on the biggest stage in the world, pretty much, I don't think you can ever be. No. Yeah. Yeah, you oh, yeah, yours is worse. You definitely topped yeah. it. I think it just takes it to another level. Like, you know how you, like, that, that didn't just happen. And then you're like, yeah, that so did. <laughs> What's it been like for you since? Like, have you had nightmares or what? I did wake up this morning. Well, it was extremely hard to wake up because I'm so tired um, from the whole week and everything. I was like, is that a dream? Am I dreaming that that happened? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I kind of woke up like this, but because I just, you know, when you're that close to something and it gets taken from you, it's a pretty brutal feeling. I can't even put in the words what I feel that, like, what the guys on the team, the coaching staff must feel, but hey, they're all moving on, so I got to move on too. Yeah, I mean, if you need a little shot of optimism, I don't think the Ravens win the Super Bowl in 2012 if they don't have the awful ending to the AFC Championship in 2011. That was like a driver, and everything was about getting back to that point and, and all that stuff. So, if you're trying to spin this spin zone here, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll be able to get back to that point sometime soon. Well, I really... I'm really glad that you said that because I feel like all everyone talks about is how hard it is to get back, and our head coach just said that they're going to use this as fuel. There we go. The scar, the scar will never be forgotten, so I'm really hoping that I'm the 2012 Ravens and did it, for sure. Yeah, I hope, well, maybe we'll see you next year in Minneapolis. That's the goal. Ravens, well, Falcons, that, that Super Bowl. Be, that would be one for the book. For sure, nice. for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Kelsey. And, uh, you know, hopefully this doesn't linger too long. I'm sure you'll shake it off. You're tough. Good luck getting through this. It's going to be a uh, rough couple of weeks. I'll just give you a fair warning. If I, if I need um, some moral support, I'll be sure to reach out to you. Yeah. Yeah. You can wear our, our Super Bowl rings anytime, Kelsey. Oh, that's just, okay. That's just rubbing it in. Oh, sorry, Kelsey. Sorry, Kelsey. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. That was pretty brutal. That was a low blow. That was a low blow. Sorry, Kelsey. All right, thanks for joining us, Kelsey. Thanks again to Kelsey for joining us. And I also just want to say one more time that we're sorry for the bad audio quality on those phone interviews. We're working through some new technology, so they were not what we expect and not what you expect. We're going to get that figured out and bring you better quality audio interviews over the phone for the future. And uh, like we told her, you know, sometimes these things can, at the end of the day, it can, it can be a motivator. I hope for her <laughs> sake, I absolutely hope that, uh, you know, the Falcons are able to kind of use this as a positive thing and, and uh, move forward from that. Yeah, for sure. So, back to the topic that we started this on, you rooting for the Patriots, Well, Garrett. Okay, so there's two things. First of all, 
let me read this email because this was a great email that we got from John Kane. And as always, you guys can email the show at Ravens. Oh, this was a good one. Yeah. Is this the one I was referring to? Yeah, at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. So so I made the point in the podcast that I can understand people rooting for the Patriots because of the whole Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco comparison thing. And you want to just, and you want to see Flacco have that edge in winning. And and so John wrote, my God, Downing, are you insane? insane? Hearing that you're rooting for Brady and the Patriots to win is sickening. What's wrong with you? My man Minky has this exactly right. I totally respect the Steelers. Not Tom so much after he stepped on the field to block Jacoby Jones a few years ago, (laughs) but as a team, as as an organization, they are one of the best, not to mention their history. Legendary stuff there. But to root for that up, ooh, I need to cut out a couple. <laughs> <laughs> you can't read it straight, man. Well, yeah, I can't read it straight. John was getting a little too a few <laughs> choice <for> words. A. <laughs> yeah, if we were, a few choice words in there. Um, but to root for the Patriots is a serious <laughs> breach of judgment that you should immediately reverse and apologize to all of us for this most serious transgression. Yes. Otherwise, keep up the fight. And mostly good reporting. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. All right, so are you going to apologize? Okay, so here's the thing. And part of the reason that I was kind of pulling for the Patriots is that I've got a theory. Ooh, and I wanted my theory to be borne out, which it was. And you were on the other side of this theory, and we've had this debate hundreds of times. And my theory is that there's two types of quarterbacks. It's pretty simple. There's guys who can win it and guys who can't. There's no gray area, huh? And, and, so Trent Dilfer is And was... so it's always going to be one or two exceptions yeah, to okay, a ridiculous rule. <laughs> always one or two exceptions to a rule. And that's the case. You know, everyone says, oh, Trent Dilfer, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, he also had perhaps the greatest defense of all time. My theory is that there's two types of quarterbacks, and I have long said that I don't think that Matt Ryan is a guy who can win at all. And that was proven this weekend when your team has a 25-point win and you need to do smart things at the end of a game to win it, and you don't do it. And the guy on the other side, obviously, Brady, is a guy who can win at all. He's done it plenty of times. We all know that. And so this was a classic case study in this theory, and it proved to be what I have said all along. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. All along. Matt Ryan didn't lose the game. Matt Ryan played well enough to win that game. He played a pretty darn good game. Matt Ryan played well enough to win that game. He played a pretty good game. So my point is there are so many factors that go into a team winning it all and a quarterback winning it all or not. And you can't just like, yeah. I mean, there's so much luck that's involved. There's a defense that's involved like Trent Dilfer. There's so many different factors. So to say, like, a guy who's come up short or whatever, well, that's because they just don't have some genetic mutation that makes them well, able to win the Super Bowl. I never silly. said anything about genetic mutation. It's not a clutch gene or anything like that. It's a combination of things. It's a... It's, well, it's Matt a t- Ryan isn't the GM. It's a... Matt Ryan isn't the offensive coordinator who didn't call a run play on third and one and who didn't want to well, run the ball and... Booted him out of field goal range. That's He's not Kyle Shanahan. I think that's a great point. You bring it up. Guys that are great. Audible it. Guys mm-hmm. that are can win it. Brady in that situation. Do you think Brady? You don't know that. Do you think Brady is a guy? Well, what I do know is that the guy's got five rings, and I think that Brady in that situation, maybe he calls an audible. Maybe he says to the offensive coordinator, "Let's salt this thing away and get." Just run time off the clock. Do you think Brady takes the sack on that situation? He to might, put him, yeah. Push if his back? line broke down the way that Matt Ryan's line broke down, that's yes. A, that's he would have pl- taken that sack. That's a play where you can't take a sack. Everybody knows it. And he, he took the sack and it, and it dropped him back out of field goal range. And so I think that – is Matt Ryan a good quarterback? Yeah, he's a, he's a good – he's an MVP. I mean, he's a, he's a good quarterback. He put up huge stats this year. 
And Mark- there's are plenty of examples of guys who are like that. And at the end of that game, when there were certain things that needed to happen or couldn't happen, he didn't get it done. And so this is a classic example of there being two types of quarterbacks. No. And you can run through the list of guys in the NFL, and there's probably only, you know, there's probably eight to ten of them in the league of guys who can win it all. The best quarterbacks are going to win, right? Okay, so if you're saying, like, well, there's some exceptions, like Trent Dilfer. That's one. Le- okay, Dawson, give me the- is Jeff, Jeff Hostler, Hostetler? Brad Johnson, was that a guy that you would say, oh, yeah, that's a guy who can win a Super Bowl? Brad Johnson, I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah, he was a great quarterback. Russell Wilson. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes, oh, Russell yeah. Wilson, I would absolutely. Mark Rippon. Oh, Mark Rippon, one of the greatest all time. Of course he's a guy who can win a Super Bowl. You don't no, to- you wouldn't have said that until he won it, right? So there's all these exceptions to your rule. And once you throw, start throwing in, well, there's a bunch of exceptions, then basically what all your, your point is is that the best quarterbacks win it the most. Which is a no-duh kind of statement. Of course the best are going to win it the most. And there's certain guys that there's not. uh, It's not black and white like you're saying. Black and white. No. It's simple. You got to get it done throughout the entire game. Didn't get it done. You're a fool. You're a fool. Didn't get it done. My boy, what was it, John Kane? John Kane. John Kane knows you well. Yeah. You are a travesty. Yeah, he never said that. But I appreciate the email from John. You guys can email (laughs) us every week at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. Let us know whose theory you come down, which side you come down on. This is pretty easy. Two types of quarterbacks, guys who can win it, guys who can't. Make is a guy who can't win it. I am a guy who can win it. So that's going to finish it up (laughs) for our podcast this week. Uh, But thanks for listening. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Let your friends know about it. And uh, we appreciate you guys stopping by. We'll be back with you next week on The Lounge.